Jesus in the storm is an event in his life that Matthew, Mark, and Luke record. The importance of this event is seen in Matthew chapter 8, verse 24, where Matthew uses the word seismos. The word seismos is from a root word that literally means to move to and fro, to shake. It can be a shaking of the air or of the ground. Let's read Matthew's account in chapter 8, beginning in verse 23. Now, when the disciples got into a boat, his when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest, there, there's our, our word, seismos. Suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. But Jesus was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be, that even the winds and the seas obey him? The importance of this event is seen in Matthew's use of the word seismos. A seismologist studies earthquakes. A seismograph measures them. Jesus of Nazareth calms them. I've never had the opportunity to go to the Sea of Galilee, but I understand that storms are very common there. This vast freshwater expanse that's about 60 miles north of Jerusalem, some 13 miles long and 8 miles wide, some 700 feet below sea level, Storms are, are very common on the Sea of Galilee. This particular storm is stilled at the word of Jesus. He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. The word that is used by the Holy Spirit in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 8, verse 24, is the same word that is used to describe what occurred at the death of Jesus in Matthew chapter 27, verse 54. And it's also the same word that is used to record what happened when Jesus rose from the dead. The stilled storm. This event where Jesus is, is in the storm, it shares the same billing in the trilogy of Jesus' great shakeups as his death and resurrection. Defeating death at the tomb, defeating sin on the cross, and defeating fear on the sea. Hallelujah. What a Savior. What can we learn about Jesus and, and ourselves and our relationship with Him from this event in His life? Jesus in the storm. 
By way of encouragement to us this morning, I want to draw attention to the fact that three questions are, are raised in these three different accounts, and I want us to consider them in reverse order, which is why we began with Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. The first question that we want to consider this morning in, in the context of this event is the question that the disciples ask after Jesus steals the storm. Matthew 8, verse 27, Mark 4, 41, Luke 8, verse 25. Who is this man? Who can this be? Even the winds and the sea obey him. I don't know if you've ever been out on the water during a storm, but it, it's a it's a frightful experience. And storms come up on, on the water just, just all of a sudden. I mean, you, you can be out in a boat fishing and, and the weather can be beautiful. And the next thing you know, there's a, there's a cloud on the horizon. The next thing you know, it's, it's on top of you. And the next thing you know, you, you're, just, you're trying your best to, to get the boat out of the water and to get out of the boat onto the land. Some of these men that are in, in the storm with Jesus are professional fishermen. And I'll tell you what they've never seen. They've never seen what you and I have never seen. They have never seen anyone steal a storm by speaking to it. And I want to encourage you this morning in, in, in your understanding of God that stilling the storm is next-level stuff. Stilling a storm is an act of God. This is something that only the true and the living God can do. Turn with me to Psalm 107. And in Psalm 107, we have a psalm of thanksgiving for the great works of the true and living God who communicates that his name is a Hebrew verb that literally means to be. And so it's these four letters in, in the Hebrew language, and sometimes it's translated Yahweh, sometimes Jehovah, sometimes I am. I use the New King James translation. That's the translation I'll be preaching from this week. And so when it comes to the personal name of God, you, you have the all caps Lord, as you see in verse 24. And so let's begin in verse 23. What, what, what can we learn about God Himself from Psalm 107, beginning in verse 23? Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they, they see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For He commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. Their soul melts because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wits' end. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble, and He brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet, so He guides them to their desired haven. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works 
to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the assembly of the people and praise him in the company of the elders. Verse 25. Yahweh, Jehovah, the Lord, the great I am, he calms the storm so that its waves are still. Who is this Jesus that is in the boat with these men? He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is Yahweh, Jehovah, the great I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Who is this Jesus? He is the Lord of creation, and as such, he is sovereign over the wind and over the water. In the beginning, God said, and there was. The storm stilled at the word of Jesus. Let's read Mark's account now, Mark chapter 4. Who is this man? Mark chapter 4. Beginning in verse 35. And you'll notice just from the text that we're reading, we're at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, right? Matthew 8, Mark 4, right? On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as, as he was. And Mark tells us that there were other little boats with them. That's a fun fact. Also a great windstorm arose, and there were waves that were beating into the boat so that it was filling. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Literally, be quiet. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Listen to me very carefully. The practical significance of Jesus stilling a physical storm to these men is overwhelming. They were afraid, not of the storm. He stilled the storm at his word. What are they afraid of after he stills the storm? They are afraid of him. Who can this be? Who is this man, beloved? This man is God with us. Question number two. This is Jesus' question to the disciples after they wake him up. In Luke's account that we'll turn our attention to now, chapter 8, Luke chapter 8, Luke communicates to us as he is carried along by the Holy Spirit that they were in danger. 
if you know any fishermen, you know that there's a fine line between whether it's just an old fisherman's tale and whether it's the truth. So, how bad is this storm, really? Well, the Spirit tells us how bad it was in Luke's account. It happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake, and they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filled with water. And the New King James Version says in verse 23 that they were in jeopardy, which is an interesting choice of translation there. The, the word literally means danger. They were in danger. And they came to him, and they awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Luke, verse 8, Luke chapter 8, verse 23 communicates that they were in danger. Jesus' question to them after they wake him up, as we put Matthew, Mark, and Luke's accounts together, is, why, why are you so fearful? As Bob mentioned, I, I was scheduled to, to come at an earlier time, and we, we didn't get to do that because uh, there was just a lot of fear. In, in, in this state, in the state that I live in, in our country, all around the world. And I, I want to tell you something this morning in full assurance of faith that I think that we need to be honest about with one another. In, in life, in life under the sun, th there is legitimate fear. There is legitimate fear that is intended to point us to seek God's presence when we find ourselves in danger. One of the definitions of that word jeopardy, danger, is is to undergo peril. And so when, when, when you consider what Jesus says to them in, in, in their question, why are, why are you so fearful? Well, what is he attempting to do with these folks as he has called them to himself and he has, and he has appointed them to be his, his disciples who will serve in this role as apostles, as, as men who he will send out? What is he seeking to do with, with these men? He is seeking to build faith in them, in him. And so what Jesus is doing for these men in, in this event, in, in, in this storm, is he is communicating to them, you want to overcome the fear that you experience in your life, then you need to grow in your individual personal faith in me. Faith in me will replace your fear. Yes, the storms of life are scary. And yes, you're going to find yourself in storms that you're going to be in danger. You're going to undergo peril. You're going to be in jeopardy. Scary storms will come and they will beat down on you like mighty winds and powerful waves. And at times you are going to find yourself in danger. And Jesus steps into the midst of that in their individual lives. And he says, in me, 
you can learn to fear less and to believe more. You can learn to fear less and to trust more. You can learn to fear less and surrender more of yourself to me. When the winds and the waves of sickness or disease or temptation begin to beat down on you, look unto Jesus. Do not dismiss God's presence in your experience. Jesus was right there with them. He was in the boat with them. And everything that they needed was in the stern. Everything that they needed was in the back of the boat. Mark 4, verse 38. Asleep on a pillow. I tell you, I like that a lot. Because I don't want the one, whoever the one is, that I am going to reach out to for help. I, I don't want him to panic. I, I don't want him to be having to come apart in the midst of this dangerous storm. I want him to be solid like a rock. Who is this Jesus? Everything they needed was in the stern of the boat, asleep on a pillow. So what do they do? This storm comes up, they're, they're afraid, they're in danger. Jesus is in the back of the boat, asleep on a pillow. What do they do? They wake him up, and when they wake him up, they ask him a question. And it's the third question we'll consider this morning as we think about lessons we can learn about our life in Christ in this event, Jesus in the storm. This is what the disciples say to Jesus when they wake him up. Do, do you not care? Do you not care? The disciples question Jesus in a way in which they question his concern for them. And I want to say to you this morning, in full assurance of faith, no one cares more. No one cares more. Master, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? You know, one of the things I, I love about Jesus in this is when they woke him up, in the back of the boat as he was asleep on a pillow. He didn't, he didn't roll back over and he didn't, he didn't roll over and go back to sleep. Can I tell you something else I love about what the Spirit tells us about this? You know, we're emphasizing the importance of this event because the Spirit uses the same language to describe his, his death and resurrection. So when you read Matthew 8, 26, and Mark 4, 39, and Luke 8, 24. Do you know what the Spirit tells us about Jesus when they woke him up? Then he arose. You like that? I like that. 
Not the only time he's going to rise. They woke him up and he arose. And I want to tell you this morning, knowing Jesus and that he cares, I tell you what that'll do for you. That'll get you through to the other side. When you read these accounts again, I want you to notice that the Spirit tells us that Jesus told them, get in this boat, we're going to the other side. Did you catch that as we read the accounts? Get in this boat, we're going to the other side. Jesus goes to the back of the boat, gets a pillow, goes to sleep. And they're traveling across to the other side just like Jesus. Storm comes up, they are filled with fear, they are filled with panic, they are in legitimate danger. And they wake Jesus up and they said, do you not care? No one cares more. Knowing Jesus and that he cares, it, that'll get you through to the other side. It's not the absence of storms that set us apart as the people of God. It's who we discover in the storm. An unstirred Jesus. The lesson of this practical test in the lab of life is that Jesus can be trusted in the storm. And I want to tell you what we should have learned over the last couple of years as we've all experienced this, this global pandemic and as we have all struggled to, to manage that and to, and to sift through all, all, all of, the, all of the, the, the truth and the lies that have, that have just swirled around all of that. Beloved, our, our greatest problems are not around us. They're, they're, they're within us. They're spiritual. This great battle that we're all individually in between the flesh and the spirit. And so in Colossians 1 verse 27 we read that if we're in Christ, that Christ is in us, and Christ in you is the hope of glory. And so what I want to encourage you to do when you find yourself in a storm... I want to encourage you to do what these disciples did. I want you to wake him up within you. He's there. He's with you in the storm. Do you believe the truth about who he is? Do you believe the truth that you can overcome Fear through him, do you believe the truth that no one cares more for you than the one who spoke and things came into being? The one who spoke stilled a storm. And so as we think about the applications to make to our, to our own lives, there is a stillness, there is a calm, there is a peace that the Spirit would talk to us about in Philippians 4. There is a peace that passes understanding. Spiritually, within, because of Him, you can experience a great calm in the midst of the storms of your life. You can experience a peace that passes understanding. You can hear him say by faith to your heart, peace be still. At his word, peace be still. The wind and the raging of the water ceased and a great calm resulted. You and I can experience this spiritually. Jesus is able and he is willing to shake up your life and to bring you salvation and peace. 
And so here's the conclusion of the whole matter this morning. Again, I've, I've never been to the Sea of Galilee. I, I, I'd like to go one day. But I understand that, that storms are very commonplace. So what did Jesus tell these men? He said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to get in this boat. We're going to the other side. And in the midst of this, of this little boat ride that they took together, a great storm came up that put them all in danger. And Jesus was sleeping through that in the back of the boat on, on a pillow. And they wake him up and they say, do you not care? And Jesus says to them, why are you so fearful? I am. And I am in this boat with you. I am in this storm with you. I am. And so why are you so fearful? He stills the storm. And their question is, who is this man? Who can this be that even the wind and the waves obey his voice? And you know what the conclusion of this, of this event in the life of Jesus is? They did exactly what he told them they were going to do. They, they made it through to the other side. And you know what you have to experience in order to see a rainbow? This is a real picture of the Sea of Galilee, and at, at one end of it, there's this, there's this rainbow shining down. The storms of life are scary. It's scary growing up. It's scary getting married. It's scary raising kids. It's scary getting sick. It's scary losing a, fa a family member. It's scary losing a parent. It's scary losing grandparents. It's scary losing siblings. It's scary losing friends. Scary losing brethren. Scary living in this sin-cursed world that, that lies under the sway of the, devil, of the devil. It's scary knowing that we live in a world in which the devil deceives the whole world. It's scary living in a world in which we just can't always trust what, what people are telling us about anything. Life under the sun is scary. As Uncle Bilbo told Frodo, it's a scary thing to walk out your front door. And so as we, can, as we contemplate the reality of our lives under the sun, and as we don't soft-soap that with folks, that we are trying to lead to Jesus, one of the things that we need to know in all this is ourselves. If you ever get out on a boat and you find yourself in a storm... You are going to come to the stark realization that you are helpless in that. There is nothing that you can do. And that's why they were afraid, because they knew that about themselves. And that's why they were afraid, because they did not yet know who this man that was asleep in the back of the boat on a pillow. They did not yet know who he is in truth. You got to know yourself. You got to know that you're helpless and you got to know Jesus. You got to know that he is the helper. You got to know that, that he is 
the one who cares the most, and you have to know that he is the master of every situation. He is sovereign over every situation. He is the conqueror of every enemy. He is the victor over danger and fear and death. He is the loving, caring, able, and willing deliverer, Savior, and friend. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Let's grow in our in our understanding of Jesus, and let's experience victory every day in Him. We can, we can be more than conquerors in this life through Him who, who loves us. We, we can learn to fear less and to trust more. And it all centers around th this man, Jesus, who started out as a Jewish carpenter, and he began preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And over the course of time, there were those who came to understand that this man from Nazareth was more than a man, that he was in truth God with us, the only begotten God, the only begotten Son of God, and that through him we can have abundant life now and we can have eternal life when this life is over. I'd like to thank the elders for inviting me to come. This is uh, a very surreal experience for me. There are people in this assembly that have known me all of my life, and there are people in this assembly that I've never met for the first time, and there are some of you fall in between all of that. But it is a very humbling uh, thing to stand before uh, my mom. and my Aunt Rebecca. And my kids, friends and family from, from other places. I'll tell you more than anything, it is a humbling thing to stand before God's throne of grace and to talk about His Word. And so I don't want to embarrass anybody over the next couple of days. That, that's, that's high on my list of priorities. I, I want to encourage you. But above all else, I want to glorify God. And so pray for our work together, that, that we do just that, that we glorify God in our work, and that we are an encouragement for one another and unto one another, that we would all grow in His grace and in our knowledge of Him, and that in the storms of our life, that we would find Jesus. Thanks for being here this morning. I know y'all like long lessons here, but I'm going to stop.